0: You are listening to the Awakened Natchitoches Podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. Amen. If you have a Bible, I invite you to open that up and turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Um, if not, if you have the, the app or whatever, you can do that. It will come up on the screen as well. There's a couple of verses today from... Ephesians chapter 5, Then we're going to dig into those and share a few, few other things as well. It's pretty cool that these uh, ancient letters written, the early Christ followers are kept for us, have endured over 2,000 years. Um, a lot of times we think of ancient things, they are uh, out of date, but we read God's Word. In the New Testament And it's timely These letters speak to us Just like they did to these first believers In a place called Ephesus Ephesians 5 verse 15 and 16 So be careful how you live Don't live like fools But like those who are wise Make the most of every every opportunity In these evil days May we make the most of our time together this morning As the Lord teaches us You can be seated So Glad that you decided to join us today. You made that decision. You have a decision on what to do with your your time on Sunday mornings. And some have made the decision to come uh, join us in the movie theater and worship and instead of watching a screen. We get to interact and talk and sing and listen and learn together. So I'm thankful you're here. Also, some have decided to like flip on their Facebook Live, and you're watching right now. So we invite. We're thankful that you've joined us as well. Thanks for joining us live on Facebook. We actually have. Uh, been doing the numbers and realized that actually more people join us live uh, on Facebook than actually <laughs> usually are in the house. So that's kind of a cool deal. Um, so you guys, if you're in Nacogdoches watching, come on, <laughs> come come to the house. Um, I was thinking about my hometown a while back because somebody posted one of these things on on um, social media, like, "What is something your favorite thing about your hometown?" and reply with a gif. Or Jif, if you want to have that argument. And and so I was like, my first thought was, I don't know how to answer that because I don't know what my hometown is. (laughs) Because I was born in Houston, Texas, but I only lived there a couple of months before my family moved um, when my dad and mom graduated from (laughs) what was then called Gulf Coast Bible College and began a ministry in northeast Louisiana. And uh, then I kind of really grew up in West Monroe. I mean, we lived in a little, couple little spots in Monroe and then West Monroe. And West Monroe is where I really grew up. So I'll say, usually, where are you from? West Monroe, Louisiana. That's where I grew up. But I've also lived uh, in Arkansas. Ohio is where I met my wife, Shelly. And we lived there for a while. So there's that, like, well, there's a sense of home there because that's where I met the love of my life. And we began this life together in Ohio. So that's, that's kind of kind of like home. Um, we lived in Kentucky. And then we began, uh, we went to Oklahoma. That's where we got into, began to go to seminary and Mid-America Christian University. And it's like, okay, this is God's plan for us. And that's where our oldest son, Christian, the young man in the cape, is <laughs> where he was born. And so that's like 22 years ago. And that kind of had a sense of home too. Um, because that's where our first child was born and that was a really cool thing and then we were in uh, Oklahoma for a while and that kind of you know that didn't really feel like home but kind of was home then we moved to uh, Florida that really felt like home to me because we lived we lived 20 minutes from the beach and i, I love the ocean i love year-round warm weather i hate winter Fall's okay but i love spring and i love summer and i love hot weather and i love the ocean and this was just like you know this is home welcome home and then we went to arkansas and hot springs arkansas was a beautiful place to live and actually started to feel like home especially because our other two boys came along then while we were in hot springs arkansas so there's some deep roots there but then we felt this very clear call to come to Natchitoches, Louisiana. And we didn't even know anything about Natchitoches, Louisiana. So we came, and as soon as I stepped, I mean, literally, the, I stepped out of the, my dad's truck and stepped onto Front Street. And I had this sense of, okay, I'm home. So Natchitoches has become, and it's becoming more so about two and a half years later, home for my family. And home is is kinda like this this feeling, even if you don't know where it is. So so what is something you love about the feeling of home? What is something that makes you feel at home? Security. Security. Good. What else? Peace? Peace. Food. Food. Good. Good. What else? I'm gonna say it again. Food. Food. <laughs> Can I get a witness up in here? Amen. Food. Yes. <laughs> Anything else? Family. family. Yeah. Home is kinda where your family is and where your family is that's where the food usually is security peace are all kind of in there anything else before we move on love absolutely that's a great great part of the feeling of home is love something else Acceptance. acceptance man yeah welcome home that's these are all these are reasons um, including the food, by the way, <laughs> of why we, also th- we often, every week, say welcome home here at Awaken. We, we just, These are all just part of the DNA of what God's doing here, part of the vision that he's given us for this. But whatever your experience has been in your own home life, um, we all have an idea of what home could be. Even though some of us may not have had like the... Like a, a great home to kind of base in our past, we all have an idea of what home could be. And there's something about home that you can probably, probably all agree with. When things aren't right at home, things aren't right anywhere. I mean, really think about your own life. If things are, are at, not at ease at home, things are just not right anywhere. So I'm glad that you've really joined us for this because we're kicking off this brand new series we're going to go for the next four weeks or so called Welcome Home that we're doing. And my hope is, our hope is that while you would feel like you're at home at Awaken, we want you to find that there's hope for your home, your home home, that there's hope, and that hope has a name, and that name is Jesus. Because at some point, we all wonder, you know, is it going to get any better at some point? So, it Caleb said this morning, uh, we picked up Caleb to come up this morning for setup, and he said, I said, how's it going? He's like, good. Got two weeks of school left. I said, two weeks of until finals or two weeks including finals? Two weeks including finals. Time to start studying. <laughs> I'm like, we all have that feeling of it's, it could be better. I mean, it could we could, get, it could be different, right? So we get to thinking about life and how a lot of times how everything's been kind of off this morning in our worship gathering except the Holy Spirit. He's not off. But things can be off in our homes, and we can begin. is it ever going, to, ever going to get any different? Is there any hope for me? Is there any hope for my home? And the answer is yes. Jesus is hope for your home. So we're going to go deeper into that with this big idea. Home is where you are, and that's exactly where God wants to meet you. Home is where you are, and that's exactly where God wants to meet you. So a few thoughts about home. The first one is this. Home, home shapes us in profound ways. Home shapes us in profound ways so I mentioned food when Shelly and I got married she was from Ohio I'm from Louisiana I'm from the South she's a Buckeye I won't call her a Yankee because then she gets nobody will like her anymore but you know but so we got to start building a home together and I said one day I said how about chili you want me I'll cook chili for supper she says oh that sounds good so I cook chili and I think and you know what I use i probably like it spicier than she does because they put sugar in their chili up north and that's just weird Crazy, and they put it over spaghetti too. We don't. I'm like, no, I'm gonna make chili. Chili, and we made chili, and I serve it. And she goes, oh great. She makes like these peanut butter sandwiches and stuff. And I'm like, what are you doing? We're having chili. She's like, yeah, you have peanut butter sandwich with chili. I said, no, you don't. (laughs) You may have Fritos and cheese, and you may have onions, and you know, but you don't have peanut butter sand. Peanut butter sandwich is a meal. Chili is a meal. You don't have a peanut butter sandwich. She says, yeah you do we've always we've always had a peanut butter sandwich with chili and i'm like i've never had a peanut butter sandwich with chili yes that's but it turns out that's a thing that's a thing for something that's like part of her and in profound ways her home had impacted her and shaped her so that even today you guys if we ever do chili like for one of our lunches or dinners or something that we do and there's chili shelly's gonna be like okay peanut butter sandwich you watch you what you remember this moment you're gonna be like dang, Pastor Steve was right, yes, yes. So think about your own life, and you don't have to answer this out loud, but what is something unique about your family that's shaped the way you are? Home is where you are. Home is whatever stage of life you're in right now, and in this room we're all at a bunch of different stages of life, and that's what God's kingdom is all about. Being, it's what home is all about, being at all different stages together. But home is also where you've been, not just where you are now, but it's where, where you've been. Home is where you've been shaped for today. Home, your home of your, of your past, even last week, has shaped you for today. If you say, well, I'm nothing like my parents, that's because the home of your past has shaped you in a reaction to the way your parents were. You still are shaped by your past experience because the culture of the home shapes us in all kinds of ways like there are a number of things that that you believe are right and wrong and it's based on your home training and uses i believe it's right or wrong because i was taught that way or i believe it's right or wrong because it's it's a reverse of what i saw at home Right. There's some sometimes in our home training we see things as we grow up and we, we like mm, my right and wrong is based on I was not seen the right way. So we've, we have different experiences with that, right? So the home of your past affects your home today and your home today affects your home tomorrow. The home of your past affects you today, your, what your idea of home, what your sense of home is today. And your home today is affecting your home tomorrow. So when we've reached the point of asking, will things ever be different? Like, is there any hope for me? Um, and we find that, yes, there is hope. God is, is the God of hope. That's, that's one thing that we've learned in our home, that God is a God of hope. And we want to share that hope. And God offers hope to move forward. And the thing about moving forward is there's always a next step. We live in a, in a pretty easy-to-get-complacent church world in the Western, in the Western culture that's pretty easy to get complacent. And the, the, the way of Jesus isn't complacency at all. It's, it's going forward. It's always, there's always a next step to take. And, and, and God shows us that. It's not my job to show you your next step. Maybe God will use me to help you see it, but God shows us each what our next step is, including our home. The question is, what does a Jesus is the subject home look like? What does a Jesus is the subject home look like? That's the question. Because if your Christianity isn't affecting your home, what's the point? If your relationship with Christ isn't affecting what happens in your house within those four walls or whatever, uh, your, most cl- your closest, your most intimate, your most important relationships, then what is the point? So the, the first word of the passage we read today in Ephesians, Ephesians 5, is so. Right? So, be careful how you live. This word so indicates that, that what is about to be said, is directly connected to what was just said. And so we look at, like, we've broken down this letter of Ephesians into chapter and verses. It wasn't written that way. But if you go to chapter 5 and you start at verse 1, this so can be connected to verse 1 all the way through verse 14. There's no doubt if you read Ephesians 5, 1 through 14, you go, hmm, that's what Jesus' subject home looks like because that's what a Jesus' as a subject life looks like. But verse 2 bottom lines it for us. Ephesians 5, 2 says, Live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. It's, it's an it's a echo of Jesus as, I give you this new commandment. Love each other the way I've loved you. It's right here. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He gave himself as a sacrifice for us. It's a a kind of love that's a sacrificial love, not a selfish love. So that's that's the beginning of understanding what a Jesus is the subject home looks like. So home shapes us in profound ways. And another thought about home is that a healthy home happens intentionally. Healthy home culture happens intentionally. A number of years ago, we started this practice in our family that's really old-fashioned to a lot of people. When it comes dinner time at home, we sit around the table and eat dinner. For a number of years, we had defaulted to, for all kinds of reasons, but it just just became part of our home culture, is we watch TV. We watch one of our favorite shows, or we watch a movie when we sit down to eat. Now, I'm not going to come down on me, but our, our way of doing something intentionally was this. We realized we were missing out on this one time of the day when we can sit down and communicate. Like, we could out, like, no other distractions. Instead of looking at a screen, we looked at each other. And so we started that a number of years ago, and it's still in our culture now. Some, some of you guys have had meal, probably most of y'all uh, who've been around for a minute or two, have had at least one meal at our house. And we like to sit at the table and eat and talk around the table. That is something that helps us to understand. I ex- we express value in those relationships when we do that. So what is something you do intentionally to make your home healthy or what is something that could be done? have some ideas. What are, what are some things that could be done intentionally to, to kind of lead to a healthy home life? Pray together. Pray together. Great answer. What else? Communicate. Communicate. Does that mean text me from the kitchen if I'm in the living room? Because <laughs> that <would> mean- <laughs> That's communication. communication. Purposeful communication. right yeah Make the, the time. right it's so interesting that board games while it's a distraction opens up conversation mm-hmm. but video games doesn't and I like video games I you guys know I would I'm not down on that I, but it's but it's interesting that there's an interaction that takes place those are good what else sitting down and eating dinner together. okay yeah just doing what I said earlier sit sit down together and just eat dinner together yeah what else anything else yeah, plan some activities to do. Absolutely. When problems arise in the household, you tackle them together. Okay. When there's a problem that arises, you talk about it, you tackle them together. Like yesterday, I threw my phone and hit a 20-gallon fish tank, and I had 20 gallons of water on my floor. So. Yeah, so you've got to work that out together. Yeah. <laughs> tackle, things together. tackle things together. When you make a big mess, work together to get that cleaned up. Ephesians says, So be careful how you live be careful how you live it's it's this it's be intentional like you have to think about this put some thought into it when you're not intentional how does your home culture get set I mean who sets it if you're not intentionally set in the home culture who is setting it popular culture musicians artists movie stars game designers politicians I know some folks, they're so into their politics that it's like that's what shapes their home culture. And I'm like, Jesus, do something. (laughs) Do something here. I mean, who's responsible for setting your home culture? You. You're responsible for setting your home culture. Here's an example of how this works in the South. We like to teach our kids manners. Most of, most of my, my dad's side of the family is all from Indiana. And so whenever we're around, my brother and I and then my kids, most of my aunts and uncles and cousins, and my, my, your kids are so polite. They say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, sir. It's because we're from the South. That's how we do. And that's what you do. Oh, we like to, to, to also, besides you know good manners, we like to instill a good work ethic. That's where this whole get her done phrase comes from, right? Get her done. It's a good work ethic. That's what it exists fail to do and in most of our culture, most of our homes, is we do good manners and we do uh, good work ethic, but we don't talk about sex at all. We just let, kids, we just let them figure it out. Ooh, I don't know. We want them to say yes, sir, no, sir, but we don't, want to, we don't want to make them think that, oh, this is the only right way of this. Sex, politics, religions. We don't, we don't know. Let's don't talk about that with our kids. It seems like almost zero conversations happening. And just saying, hey, that's not right. <laughs> hey, that's wrong. It doesn't work. <laughs> it takes relationships. So, so, relationships and your walk is what builds culture. Relationships and your walk. Your walk, meaning how you live your life. Your, your relationships and your walk, how you live. That's what builds the culture of your home. Healthy home culture happens intentionally. So, what do your home relationships look like? What, what does your walk look like? Does your walk match your talk? I can tell you from firsthand experience (laughs) if you say one thing and then you do something else, and then you turn that around and say, No, you do as I say, not as I do, you're going to lose them. You've lost me. You're going to lose them too. Also, I've witnessed too many folks kind of abdicate the responsibility to raise the next generation spiritually, either by saying, Well, we'll we want them to figure it out, or well, we'll let the church do that. That's the, that's the pastor's job and the youth workers and children's workers. We'll let them do that. When you become a parent, and I know I'm not talking to everybody here, although if you're not a parent, chances are you probably will be someday, and some of you I know will be sooner than later. You, you are, when you're a parent, it's your responsibility. It's your responsibility. And here at Awaken, we want to help. We, we want to be a resource. We want to develop ourselves to be resources to families in our community. But we can't do that job. That's your job as a parent you are you are the pastor of your kids you're the you're the home and then go with that the other way we can't do your job for you but we don't want our homes to be uh where we try to do it in isolation either you, know, you can't isolate yourself from the rest of the world and live in a bubble because we have this men, sometimes a fortress mentality about our home and it's an attempt to keep out all the other influence and as a father of three boys three Three young men, one young man, and two boys. I'm, I get this. Like there's, a, I, I, want this protection there, but we have to be careful because we get this idea. Well, we, could, if we could just be super Christian in our home, then nothing bad will ever happen. That's kind of how I grew up, and that didn't work. I mean, I rebelled big time, and and I'm thankful that God is a God of grace and mercy and restoration. And that whole prodigal son story, that's true stuff. But when we be like Ephesians, it says, live like those who are wise. When you're seeking to be a Jesus is the subject home. Here's what wisdom looks like. Jesus gives us his example. And back in, in the, the Gospel of Mark, which is the story of Jesus, the good news according to Mark, one of his earliest followers, chapter 7, Jesus is in his conversation with the Pharisees and these religious leaders of his day because his disciples had failed to follow this custom of ritual hand-washing before they ate. And they brought it up to Jesus and they're like, Oh, how, how, how dare your disciples eat without washing their hands? And Jesus gives them the whole a you know, little story about, you know, you can wash the outside of the cup and it'll still be dirty, and, and, and talks about this. And Jesus points out that the sin, the things that actually wreck you spiritually, aren't all the all stuff out there. It comes from within, that you need, to be, you need to be walking with him and letting him guide you from within, because it's not the stuff from without that, that does that. It's, it's what's from within. He says the biggest problem is internal, not external. Sin is an e- internal issue, not an external influence. That's what sin is. Sin is an internal issue, not an external influence. Here's what he says. It's Mark seven twenty. It is what comes from inside that defiles you. For from within, out of the person's heart, comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All of these vile things, Jesus calls them these vile things. You know what vile is? Vile is like the nastiest, grossest, ugliest you could ever see It'll gross you out. It's like this is what grosses you out. These things come from within. They are what defile you. So the goal is not to isolate your home from the rest of the world. Your goal is to have a Jesus that's bigger than the external culture. To have the Jesus in you be bigger than the rest of the world all around you. That's the goal. So instead of your home being influenced by the culture, you begin to influence the culture around you because that's what happens. That's what a Jesus is the subject home begins to do for you and to you, which leads us to kind of our talking about the home to talking about Jesus in our home and Jesus in us. Jesus changes us to be the change. Jesus changes us to be the change. There's this great quote from uh, Maya Angelou and she said, history, despite its wrenching pain, cannot be unlived. But if faced with courage, need not to be lived again. It's a great thought. History, despite its wrenching pain, despite how bad the pain was of the past, of your past, you can't unlive it. But if you face it with courage, you don't have to keep living it. You don't have to face that again. So it's a good reminder that even for our home, we need that. Well, it gives you strength what well, gives you courage to face your pain? Some probably some of the same things we've already said. The family, the love, the, the acceptance of being at home. Verse 16 says, make the most of every, oppor- every opportunity in these evil days. So what if we made that our prayer? God, I want to make the most of every opportunity today. Woo! Start making that your prayer. See what happens. Lord, I want to make the most of every opportunity today. Start with me. Start to change with me so that my life can impact others for good. What if we made that our prayer? So, Because Jesus is all about transformation. He's all about transformation. We discover this as, as we continue to follow him. As we begin following him, we, we sense it. And as we continue the path with him, we sense he's, he's all about transformation. This is the language, actually, that's kind of made its way into our vision statement. You may have caught it earlier today. You can Here at Awaken Church, you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. That's not just something we came up with or actually heard another church use and said, Oh, that sounds, sounds like us. Let's, let's just take that and do it. It's our reality. <laughs> it's my reality. It's what we're experiencing here that you can belong at Awaken because we feel like you're a human being. You belong here. Regardless of your background, regardless of you know, whatever, whatever your whatever is, you can belong here because you're a human being made in God's image. God loves you. So do we. And as you belong, you begin to walk along with those who you belong with. And if you belong with us, you're going to be walking along with Jesus, because we belong with Jesus. And as you follow Jesus, He does the change. You don't have to change to follow Jesus. You follow Jesus and He helps you with that change. That's why so many people get caught up in, Well, I can't belong at that church because I don't believe kind of like they do. You don't have to believe like we do to belong here. All you have to do is just come <laughs> and find a place to belong. Jesus will take care of the belief part as you walk with him because as you follow Jesus transformation happens and God wants to do something in you he wants to do something in you but here's the facts hashtag facts right here God wants to do something in you so he can do something through you that's it you can tweet that one God wants to do something in you so that He can do something through you hashtag facts that's what's up transform people transform culture Untransformed people are transformed by the culture. I've been that. I've been the one who's like, I don't want nothing to do with all that religion stuff. And I was transformed by the culture. (laughs) Big time. But when Jesus started transforming me, I'm starting to see culture around me that transforms. And I'm not doing it. He's doing it. He does it through us, through you. The question is, what needs to happen so that I can become more like Jesus in every moment? That's all of our question. What well, needs to happen so that I can become more like Jesus in every, in every moment? Stop trying to fix everybody else for just a minute and let God do his thing in your life. Right? Let God do his thing in your life. Stop, and also, don't be thinking, okay, this is somebody else because God can't use me. No, God, if you're still breathing, God can use you. If you've got breath in your lungs, you can, God can use you. To do something my grandmother was on her deathbed she was 90 I want to say 95 now it's been a few years and uh, she was in the hospital and she was ready to go she had made complete peace with everything and everybody and she called my dad my dad's a pastor and uh, she said why am I still here he said what <laughs> you, don't, you don't want your mom asking this but he's like why am I still here? why am I still here He said, I don't know maybe there's still something you need to do she says I'm 95 what else have I got to do? And her nurse that was coming in had been having conversations with her about life and about God. And my grandmother had asked her, are you on Jesus' team? And she said, well, no, I'm not really a, a believer. See, I'm, kind of a, you know, I'm kind of a spiritual person, but I don't really follow the, that path. So the day she called my, my dad and asked, why am I still here? I feel like I'm, they told me I should have died already, and I'm still here. Why? I'm ready to go. I'm ready to see Jesus. And My dad said, I don't know. Maybe there's something to do. This nurse came in and said, Miss Nelson, I've been thinking a lot about what we've been talking about, and I want to be on Team Jesus. Can you help me? And my grandmother, at 95 years old, prayed for this nurse with her, accepted Christ, and then within a week, my grandmother passed away. But as long as there's still breath in your body, God can use you. There's hope for your home. It starts with you. And so hope for your home happens when, here's four things. It happens, first of all, when Jesus is the subject. Hope for your home happens when Jesus is the subject. I've experienced what it's like when Jesus is not the subject of my home. Hope for your home starts with Jesus being the subject. Put God first. Make Jesus the center of your life and your home. Secondly, hope for your home happens when you serve each other. Serve each other. Look for ways to be a blessing. Not just to be blessed, but be a blessing. Somebody said to my wife recently, oh, you got it made. Your husband does laundry, makes a bed. He even cooks dinner most nights. You got it made, girl. And I'm like, that's right. But then I'm like, yeah, but you don't know what she does that blesses me. She blesses me, so I want to be a blessing as well. Serve each other. Be teachable and listen. That's one of our big ones in our culture. Because sometimes we feel like we gotta figure it figured out. Be teachable and listen. I'm still learning, y'all. I learn from you guys all the time. Listen. Especially in your home. And hope for your home happens when you don't tear down, but you build up. Use your words, use your actions and your attitudes, even how you say what you say to build up and not tear down. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. See, home is where you are, and that's exactly where God wants to meet you. Jesus is hope for your home. So what is your next step? We, we always at Awaken want to be like, what's, what's our next step? So I want to give you, like, you're creative enough to come up with whatever your next step is. But here's an idea of what all of us may, have, may be part of our next step. Just determine whether your home, whatever it looks like, whatever your home looks like, is this a Jesus is a subject home? That's a, that's a good next step for all of us. Just to take time and, and let's, let's determine that. And you can use a couple of questions to help you with that. Is there anything I need to, to think or feel or do that would help me to see Jesus as hope for my home, hope for my life? Is there anything that I need to think or feel or do? Is there any way, anything I need to get my mind set on or my heart set on or my hands into that would help me see Jesus as hope for my home? Lord, you are our hope, and we thank you that you came to give us hope. You came to give us a future. You came to give us home in yourself. And um, you welcome us to yourself. No matter where we've been, we can be like uh, the lepers in the scripture, the, 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 the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the, uh, all of those. And you welcomed every single one. But I never want to get past that. Uh, thank you for welcoming me and welcoming us, Lord, as we are, as we were. And that you transform us. That's that's what the good news really is, that you came to to save us from sin, not just from the the, the ending of our sin, but to to save us from having to sin. You you came to save us and make us more like you. And, Lord, that's our desire. We want to be more like you in every moment. So, Lord, we need you. you. Sometimes we we just don't want to ask for help. So, Lord, I'll just take that moment. I'll ask for us all today. Lord, we need your help. We can look around our culture, even in our own city, and we say, God, we need your help. But, Lord, we look within ourselves and our own homes. And if we're honest, we need your help. Because, Lord, we want to be a home that has hope. We want to be people that have a hope. And you are that hope. So, Lord, as we sing this song, we pray that you would just draw us into understanding, each one of us, that whatever our home is like, and show us, Lord, what is our next step to determine whether our home is that Jesus is the subject home, and to be the change that you are transforming us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Nagatish podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.